Hi, my name is Brennan. I'm 22, and I'm going to tell you the story of how Jesus saved my life. So, before I get into that, I'm just going to give you a bit of a backstory of who I am and how I grew up. So, I did not know Jesus at all growing up. I didn't know anyone who knew Jesus. I remember like going to a few church services at Christmas growing up like as a kid, but I didn't really know the gospel in depth. I I knew the general idea just being raised in Canada, but I never really had it like the profound spiritual impact explained to me. Um so I grew up kind of just a pretty normal kind of uneventful life. Um, but when I started getting in my early teenage years, I had like a streak of rebellion and uh, looking back, I can see that. So I was always afraid of death since I was a kid. I, I remember the first day I was six years old lying in bed when I realized that I was going to die and that I was going to die forever. And I, that, I had a panic attack when I was six years old in my bed. And I like, can still vividly remember it. And so that was always a really big thing in my life. And um, it caused a lot of anxiety in, in, that I had growing up. And so, so when I started getting older, I started to notice that the world wasn't really as great as I was taught. And that I thought it was as a kid. I didn't know at the time, but I was seeing sin. I was seeing the fallen nature. I was seeing the curse over the land. Um, but I didn't know that. And so I was wondering, and I was really rebellious, and I was wondering, like, why? It seems like people are not living, like, missing something. There's no love. There's no real community. There's, there's so much, like, evil and sadness. And the people who are, like, in charge don't seem to be like doing good things for the general public and it just a lot of like questions but I didn't know where to turn I didn't know why I felt this gaping hole in me I didn't know that the only thing that could fill that void is Jesus so I kind of just latched on to whatever society taught me to uh, latch on to and in grade 10 that became marijuana and so I started smoking weed and I, I, I was immediately got like addicted every day and I started skipping school and was being really rebellious at home and things were not looking good. And then after a few months, I just completely dropped out of school and I left home. I, I just basically packed my bags and left. And I ended up moving in with the, the guy who was selling me my weed. And I just lived with him for a while and then I had to move there and I went and lived with my grandmother and then I was stayed a lot at another friend's place and then found my way back home. By this time, I'd, I was uh, grade 11, but I wasn't. I'd, I didn't graduate past grade 10. I was just smoking weed. I was chronically anxious like a social anxiety completely gripped me i was very depressed and uh, i ended up going to like a rehabilitation center and it was kind of like it was like a boarding school so so i was sent away my parents told me that i you know if i wasn't going to go to this place then i was out i had to go on my own so i went
and um, I got sober and stuff. I was there for like a year and I got some school credits done and but it wasn't a Christian organization and so I came back I only had one year left to get my high school, so I went to a new school, was going to get my, my uh, high school diploma. But within like a month or two, I started smoking weed again because uh, I still wasn't fulfilled. Um, and then it got worse. I started getting really into all of these different new age beliefs because I was sort of seeking to kind of find out about life after death. Is there life after death? Can I learn that now? You know, I wanted to answer those questions. And so I fell into this kind of community that glorifies like psychedelic drug use and like, you know, meditation and like, it starts to get into witchcraft and trying to like get like your spirit guides and all that stuff. And so I did mushrooms for the first time and it is now my understanding that psychedelic drugs and really all drugs open up doors spiritually, but these are not good doors. This is demonic. You are allowing demonic entities to um, enter your life when you are kind of doing these drugs. So I want to tell you a bit about that experience I went through it was about a four month period. By the end of it, I would, I would label myself looking back as I was in a state of drug induced psychosis for sure. And I was close to death. I almost died a couple times and I really let some demonic things enter my life. Eventually leading up to, I actually witnessed somebody get possessed, but we'll get to that. But then Jesus saved my life, but we'll also get to that. So. So I just want to tell you about the first experience I had. I, uh, I took mushrooms and I was, I was sitting down on like the side of a bed and I was, on a, uh, I was in an apartment building on the 10th story and there was a door to the um, balcony right beside me. And I, I felt this horrible energy the whole time. I, it, I felt like just like everything was wrong. I felt like there was a million little eyes watching me. I, it just was a terrible experience and I had this overwhelming like not like a tangible voice but like kind of like an understanding coming to my head basically and it, it kind of spoke to me and it said that because I'd done this drug I opened up some kind of like spiritual slash chemical gateway and that I had a chance to reach immortality and if I jumped off of that 10-story building and killed myself, uh, my body would die, but my spirit would ascend, and I would escape human death, and I would live immort immortally in spirit. And that the, the, I opened a window, and it was shutting, and I had minutes to decide. And if I didn't kill myself by the end of, I think it was two minutes, the doors would be forever shut, I would be trapped as a human, I would live and I would die forever. And you can see how, that, you know, that was the devil and that was manipulating my greatest fear, you know, he, he really tried to convince me of that and so I was sitting up and I was like wrestling this decision and I decided I couldn't do it. I said, I, I, I'm not going to kill myself, I can't do it. And the second I made that decision, I heard a voice in my head 
and it was a whisper and it went like Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Jesus Christ and like I didn't get saved then I didn't really even attribute it to anything I guess the devil stole that seed but looking back I it's pretty clear what that was um, so yeah that was my my first drug trip the third time or something I was really um, out of it and I, I remember just having these voices in my head and they're just like speaking to me and, and telling me all of these different lies and, and just manipulating me and um, at one point I had like an open vision and I saw like it was like some kind of like insect human cross and it was a female and it was just like I just like saw it I didn't see it with my eyes but I like saw it in my head like she was just right in front of me and she was just screaming at me like wrathfully just screaming at me and I heard again a voice that was taunting me that was saying okay you you didn't you didn't jump off the building that first time but you know what we'll give you one more chance and then it, and it was like if you walk down like leave your house walk out right now and we're gonna lead you and you're gonna die but you'll live forever and I did it I walked out in the middle of an October night it was raining and my t-shirt and barefoot I left my door open and my cats could have got out but grace of God he, he kept the cats in um, and I go for this walk and I and I uh, I end up outside like a movie theater because I live near a movie theater and I was basically like in the rain just like sitting there and I was like just like I was I was high I was very not in my right mind and I thought that okay someone was gonna like come and like kill me or like a spaceship was gonna get me or something like I was something was gonna happen and I was waiting there for like half hour and then I remember I was sitting there and then I just heard this voice in my head and it said go home now and I was just like every instinct in my body was to be obedient to this voice and I just ran home and real and my cats were on the porch and I realized I left the door open but um yeah so that was that day and uh even in my sober life these like signs and wonders were happening these coincidences I call them synch synchronicities and it was like it felt like like the physical world was like answering my thoughts it was like things would be like I would like say like I would really want a taco and then like a taco truck would go by and just like little coincidences but when you're opening yourself up to these dark spirits when you're taking drugs and when it was happening every day like like a barrage it was it, it really messed with me and my understanding of reality was totally messed up but in all that happening because it was all negative it was never like a good good sign you know I would say things like do all humans go to hell and like I would think that and then like the TV in the background the character would be like yes yes they do like right after I said that and just like weird stuff and um but the reality is I, I realize that there are some forces that I can't see that have some kind of power over space and over time. They don't exist and in, confined inside of time, inside of space, the same, do, the same way we did. Which opened me up to realizing, you know, there is something more powerful than me. 
probably many things. And I kind of had an idea that there's probably a bad guy and a good guy, right? I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the devil as Lucifer, but I knew there was some kind of dark spiritual energy. So there must be a good one. And, and it actually ended up opening me up to, to that revelation. I had a uh, I had a girl over to my house and my, it was like my parents were gone somewhere far like they were hours away and um, it was like the middle of the night and she became possessed. Um, I didn't know exactly that's what it was at the time but I knew something had taken over her so the first thing that happened was she she froze like she was just like a normal person and then all of a sudden like a computer when it boots off like frozen like her eyes weren't moving like she had literally been stuck in time and then she started just like twitching aggressively twitching and it felt I remember thinking like it looks like she's fighting something off. Like something was trying to take over. And she's like, it's like she's like starting to kind of twitch and like convolt. And then all of a sudden, like a second, this just energy, this horrible energy just came over the whole room. And I just felt this sharp, evil presence. And I heard in my head, you are in the presence of Satan. And I realized that 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 girl was taken over. I thought by the devil himself, but you know, it could have just been a demon, whatever. So because of, so I, I like, I left, I walked away and I went downstairs and I was kind of in my main room and I, I didn't leave the house. I was tempted to just, like, just run. <laughs> but because of everything that happened to me at that point, I, I thought I wasn't any more safe out there in the, in the night. I, I just, I would just stay there and, and I would I would see what happened. And um, so about a minute later, I, I look upstairs because like you could see up my stairs into my room and I look up and she was peeking out at me behind my door and um, the doorway was covering half her face, so only one eye was showing. And she was just like looking at me, not blinking, with a look that I couldn't imitate and I couldn't describe. The way the eyes that she had, um, but you know it's not human. It's not human. And it looked like a horror movie, like when I saw her possessed, looking like looking in my soul, looking through me, I was like, Okay, so this is where they get horror movies from, based on true stories. And um, it, it was just, not only the f sight was horrible, but the, the feeling, the energy you feel. And so she gets up and she starts limping towards the stairs. And I'm talking like limping. And her bangs were covering one eye. The entire time she was possessed, I never saw both of her eyes. Something was covering one eye the entire time. Um, and she starts limping down my stairs. She didn't blink once and she didn't break eye contact with me once. Just kind of like following me with her head, with her eyes. And her eyes didn't move, just her head moved. Her eyes stayed looking directly forward. And it took her like at least four minutes to get down my stairs. She was limping so slowly. 
but um, I was just, I was honestly just waiting. I said to myself, in the moment I was like, well, I guess that this is how you go. It had to be this way. It couldn't have been a regular death. You had to have had somebody become possessed and kill you inside your house, but whatever. So I was just like, just kind of frozen. And so she ends up walking probably about four feet away from me and she stops and she looks at me and I hear a voice in my head that was completely indistinguishably a sentient being talking into my mind. It was like someone put a straw in my ear, into my brain, and spoke through it. It, I, uh, it was a, I, I could tell the sentience of, of what was talking to me, and it was unlike any voice I heard before. It was sharp. I, you would have thought I heard it in my ears. And I heard this. This is what the devil said to me. He said, you ignored the signs, and you let me into your house, so your life is mine but you can have it back and you can live a long life. But then when you do die, I get to have your soul. I was pretty shaken up when I heard that and I thought back, give me five minutes to decide. And I heard, and again, it was, it was a male voice and it was like, okay. And then the second that happened she because she hadn't spoken a word physically she turned around and limped into my kitchen and like limped like turned the corner and i couldn't see her anymore so i went back into my living room and i kind of had to decide um was i gonna make a deal with the devil and uh, live my life but you see i didn't know again i didn't know jesus i didn't know lucifer but i knew that whatever had taken over her whatever was trying to make this deal with me is evil you you could feel the evil a mile away it's horrible it's brutal and there's nothing worse than being with that for eternity i am not going with that evil for eternity and if i have to die today if i have to face my greatest fear if i have to realize if there's a god or not today then i'm then i have to do it because i i can't go with that and I also realized if there's a devil there has to be a God there has to be it's like my atheism my agnosticism was proved to me I just met the devil of course there's a God and those two um, realizations gave me the strength to m make the decision so I uh, so as I was thinking, the girl peeked out at me, again with one eye, and I heard, hurry up. And I thought like, I'm literally like, I have to make a decision to die, okay? Give me my five minutes. <laughs> and so I decided I would go outside and I would take one last breath of fresh air. And this is the part that, uh, if I didn't believe before, there was no denying this was real after what happened next. All my doors were shut, all my windows were closed, and I'm on my porch. And this girl is now limping around in my hallway, inside of the house. And I took my last breath, and then I cemented my decision, and I whispered, I make no deal with the devil. And it would have been physically impossible for this girl to have heard me. 
but the second after I said that, she went from stone cold, frozen, and silent all night. And I mean, a millisecond after I stopped talk, said that, she started screaming and burst into the most unfathomable fit of wrath I have ever seen. An outer world wrath. And her voice had this raspy, dark tone in it. And she was just saying the F word and screaming the F word. And at that moment, I, you know, I swore like a trucker my whole life, well, you know, growing up. And... I realized, okay, that word is from hell. It is a demonic word. And she was just screaming, no, no. And she looked at me through my window and she said, go home. Home is that way, go home. And I knew like, yeah, there's like, this is real. And I, I didn't know what would happen. I thought that I was gonna, she pointed me down the street. So I thought I was just gonna walk and then like I would die or something. And then I would uh, hopefully find out if there was a God or not. Um, so I started walking and then she comes out and um, she's now like loopy. Like she's like walking around like this and giggling and laughing and like going like this. And she was just like, and then she walks up to me and then back to anger this anger in her face and she said I said go home and then back to this like loopiness and so I'm walking and then she's following behind me and then I'm like oh great that's what you want at 12 a.m. or whatever <laughs> like, but then she was like I have to go back and then like walked back into my house and so I just left, I just walked, and I walked for hours, and I just, I was cold, and I was just saying, I made no deal with the devil, I made no deal with the devil, I made no deal with the devil, because I was just kind of like freaking out, and I saw that obviously when I said I make no deal with the devil, there was power in that, in the way that she reacted, so I just kept saying it. And uh, eventually as I was walking, I asked, Jesus to be my savior or no I accepted him as my lord and savior but I didn't actually do it from a legitimate heart of, of, of wanting Jesus I did it as like a formality because I like was told that that's what you're supposed to do so I, I was like oh yes and Jesus before I die I accept you as my lord and savior so I, I wasn't saved I, will, I, will, I don't think that night but what I did do is I asked him to reveal himself I said will you reveal yourself God, will you reveal yourself? And I believe that that was the key. It was just the simple, true, pure-hearted asking of God to reveal himself. Because the Bible says that if you seek with your whole heart, you will find God. And I, I was seeking with my whole heart. Not from the greatest point in life, but I was looking for those answers. And uh, that was the night I asked. So the night continued. I was walking. It's probably been like three hours. And I was actually sitting on this person's, random person's porch on their rocking chair because I was like, I'm tired of walking. If the devil's going to kill me tonight, then he's got to come to me. 
and I was obviously not in a great state of mind. So I'm just sitting on this person's rocking chair, like, may as well be comfortable. <laughs> Don't, nobody arrest me, okay? <laughs> but, um, and then I, I eventually I, I felt this like click and I heard these birds chirping and I, it was like a positive click. And I felt like for the first time, other than that time when I heard Brennan go home that night when I was at the movie theater, it was like a positive voice. And it told me that I did invite the devil into my house. I did ignore the signs that he gave me that that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, but that didn't give him permission to kill me. That just gave him the authority to come into my house. What he said about having my life was a trick and it was a test and I passed the test and I could go home. So I went home and this girl was now no longer possessed. She had no idea where she was. She had no idea what happened. She took her a couple minutes to remember my name. She was terrified in this stranger's house. I, I didn't know this girl very much. Uh, she was in this stranger's house essentially in the middle of the night with these two cats. <laughs> and I walked in my house and uh, there was like milk and eggs and crackers and cheese all over the floor like she had just grabbed food and thrown it all over the place and she while she was possessed after I left recorded a video on my phone that I deleted where she put the camera on my kitchen table and she went up this close to the camera and was looking in it and was burning marshmallows, singeing them to a crisp in front of the camera, looking to the camera this close to it. And like do other possessed person things. <laughs> um, but at this point I, I thought, okay, I don't, like, is this person really back to normal or is this like the devil's trying to like play innocent, you know, cause like, I, I didn't know. So I just kind of like try, calmed her down and then I like put her to bed and then I went downstairs and I um, and just kind of dozed off. I tried to stay awake, but I ended up dozing off and then I woke up at like 8 a.m. to her coming downstairs. So yeah, I walked her, I walked her to the bus stop and uh, I sent her on her way in school. It was like a week after school ended. I just graduated so I um, I didn't, I think I saw her one more time. I just kind of tried to ignore that night and move on. Nothing dramatic in my life changed. Although I, I didn't do any more drugs after, after that. I was like, okay, like this is, I, I need to take, be more cautious. <laughs> like obviously there's something going on here. And I just was like, I need, I need to be sober. Um, but that night is the night I asked God to reveal himself and it took one month. It took one month. And so what happened was one month later, it was July 31st, 2019. I wanted to write out essentially my testimony, everything that had happened to me, I wanted to write out. So I was typing it all out. It was like 150 pages. And I was wherever writing and I wanted to mention Jesus Christ. I wanted to mention, I think, that story I told you guys earlier on my first drug trip when I heard Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. But um, I wanted to find his, his Hebrew name, Yeshua HaMashiach, because I thought if I'm going to mention him, I want to address him how he was probably addressed by the people that he was alive with. 
So I Googled Yeshua HaMashiach about 11 o'clock, maybe 10, and um, just how to spell it so I could type it out. And the first thing that came up on Google was a song, and I clicked the song, and it was like this upbeat, like folky song, and a picture of Jesus came up, and the, the, the uh, instruments were going, and this voice started singing, Yeshua HaMashiach. And when the picture of Jesus came on screen, within a second, I felt the presence of Jesus Christ descend on me. And it was the most incredible experience I have ever experienced in, in this life, probably ever will. I was sitting there normal, and then about two seconds later, I was just like, something was happening and I was like what's going on and like two seconds after that I was in awe and I knew more than I ever knew anything in my entire life that Jesus Christ was the Lord and the presence of Jesus Christ was more real than the skin on my bones there wasn't a doubt in my mind that he is God that he is the answer to every question I have ever been asking and that right now it is him <clears throat> it is Jesus Christ in front of me and I felt like I was flying like my body was in this <clears throat> glow of fire and I was started to cry in my first instinct when the presence of Jesus and the love of Jesus fell on me was to repent and I didn't even know <clears throat> that repentance was a crucial step for salvation but it was instinctual it came out of me I said Jesus is that you but I knew it was and I felt this reassuring yes and then I said do you forgive me and he said yes and I realized in that moment that the reason that I am alive the reason I exist is to be with God is to be his son and to be in a relationship with him that's the reason that I even have breath in my lungs. In my entire life, I had been separated from God because of my sin. And at that very moment, for the first time, not only now, not only for the rest of my life, but for eternity, that barrier was broken and I was reunited with my Father because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I was born again in fire and power. My life was changed instantly. Never done a drug again. Never wanted anything but Jesus after that moment. I knew that he was my water. He was my bread. He was my purpose. I wanted to feel him. I wanted to serve him and live for him. I want to be close to him. As close to Jesus Christ as I can be. And then when I'm released from this body to be with him forever. He is the answer to every question. He is my savior and my God and my father and my best friend. And that is how I got born again. My life was changed changed and immediately I, I was just on fire I wanted to start preaching and I you know I still had a large sanctification process to go through I had to come down from this drug-induced psychosis I was in I still had lies that I had to to learn were lies but I knew the Bible was the Word of God and I started reading the Bible and I knew that God I had faith that is something God gave me that night I he gave me just faith I just knew that he was taking care of me from that moment on 
and I knew he would lead me to a church. A couple weeks later, I run into a 77-year-old lady at McDonald's, and I just walk up to her and I ask her about the Lord, and we start talking about it, and she brings me to a church, and then I go to the church as young adults, and I got introduced into a wonderful huge group of young Christian friends and I I found another church I went to and I started going there every week and then I met my wife there and my life just was devoted to Christ I started in ministry I just was seeking the Lord and um, you know I've never looked back I I was changed I, I am a child of God he gave me the Holy Spirit that night you know my cup was empty and, and he, he filled me up that night and now I've got the living water in me and until the day I die the purpose of my life is going to be to serve Jesus Christ to to abide in him to be intimate with him as close as I can and to hopefully walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and on that day, on that judgment day, to have him tell me, you know, welcome to my kingdom, good and faithful servant. That's my life, and that's, that's, uh, anyone out there, I would encourage you, that's the reason for all of this. That's the reason you're alive. If you don't know God, if you're depressed, if you're on drugs, it will never fill you. That is the devil's corrupted, false vice. The reason you exist is to live with God. God created you. You're made in His image. He wants to be with you. He loves you so much more than you could imagine. I will never experience a human being have or give a love as rich as the love of God that I've experienced that night and throughout my three-year Christian walk. And so that's my testimony. That's how I was born again. So, Brendan, if you had anything to say to this generation, what would you tell them? Seek Jesus Christ. He's the only way to heaven. There are no false spirit guides. There are no all of these different gods and goddesses. There is one Lord. It is Jesus Christ, part of the triune God, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, and the Father. They are one. Seek Him and turn from your sins. Your sins are blocking you from God. You need to repent of your sins. And that means to accept that you're a sinner. That takes humility. And to say, I recognize that I'm a sinner and that I need a Savior. And if you recognize that and you ask, He will show you that He is that Savior. Turn to God because the day will come when it's too late. I promise you, I've felt God, I've seen God, and I've felt the devil. And I assure you that hell is, a, is vicious and hell is hungry and hell will swallow up every human being who does not accept Jesus Christ because we have all earned our place in hell. We have all sinned against a holy and just God. But He died for you. He was tortured to death for you so that you could have eternal life. You could escape the flames. God wants your soul, but so does the devil. And there is a war, and you have to choose because you don't know which day will be your last. So seek God. Pray to God. Talk to God. Find people in your life that will push you towards God. And before it's too late, turn to Jesus Christ. His love, His salvation is everything that there everything good that there ever could be is is found in Jesus Christ so that that is the message of my life thanks Brennan